putting that pain into the creativity. You know, every every brush stroke, everything that you type, um, every, every area or every uh, picture that you're editing for your blog, you know, putting the emotion into that, you know, and, and really manifesting uh, what your, your outcome, manifesting your outcome. Uh, Faith Without Works is dead. I'm Mark. I'm Nick. I'm Sadie. And this is Letters to Podcast. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Letters to Podcast. And Happy New Year. This is our first episode. Well, technically, this is our first episode back since the New Year. So we decided to have a big, fun episode planned for you guys. Nick, can you tell our, our, our listeners why this episode is going to be great? I sure can, Mark. Thank you guys for joining us today on the Letters to Podcast. Uh, today we are getting soulficial with the Soul Queen herself. She is a yes. creator of the Soulficial blog and the owner of an operator of PB3 Homes. She's an entrepreneur, a wife, and my yes. good Judy. Yes. Please welcome Patricia Bester the Third to the Letters to Podcast. Welcome, Patricia. How are you? <laughs> Thank you. But <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget, I'm a cat mommy. <laughs> she is a cat mom, guys. Guys, I forgot to add that in there. She is a cat mom. Yes. How are you, Patricia? Oh, cat mama. I am doing well. You know, I am blessed. I cannot complain. It's like it's a great new year, regardless of you know what's going on in our uh, northern political climate, sphere space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't like to say um, I don't like to say America, you know, because Amer- there's South America too. Like, who do we think we are? So, just in the U.S. space, we, we think we the shit is what America thinks they think they are. We, we think do. we all that we in the bag of chips. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can be the shit and someone else can be the shit. You know, that's what that's the way I think about it. But that's not the way, you know, we know don't, that that's not the way America they think about it that, over here. You know, exactly. Like, you better <laughs> say you're the best. <laughs> America first, guys. Hashtag America first. Hashtag but speaking, America first. But Nick, in his little intro, mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. How how was your entrepreneurship? Like, how has that been as a black woman in the U.S. of A.? But also, how was that? experience during the pandemic like tell us about your entrepreneurship journey just give me the whole beginning the middle to present day better yet yeah just start could you could you share a little bit about your your background and how you got into entrepreneurship with us yes um so basically i went to school my passion is interior design i went to school for interior design i went to illinois institute of art i got a bfa there and once I graduated, um, I was already working in like luxury furnishings, remodeling, renovations. So I continued to do that. And um, I was lucky enough to meet a lot of great clients, a, great, a lot of great clientele and work with some really amazing designers out here in Chicago. I wouldn't say it was easy because I think that what happens with um, what happens with our climate is we have you know when you're going to school or whatever like it's just different you know what I'm saying because a lot, I think a lot of times like there's the socioeconomic thing you know so I'm going to school I'm working full-time and going to school that was really really hard you know and it wasn't that hard for everyone so it wasn't like a level playing field you know when we're doing presentations when we're doing um, projects you know I'm spending a lot you know to make sure that I can um, achieve and produce the same type of uh, production quality um, and the same type of presentations as my peers, you know? So it was not easy, but thank God I got through. And also I had some amazing people that just like thought I was different, you know? I've always been kind of just a nappy head, slay queen, <laughs> washing go. <Okay. laughs> Hello. So it really, um, you know, certain people straighten their hair for a job. I wouldn't do that. You know, not straightening my hair set me apart. So people, you know, really embraced me as kind of a naturalista and a creative. So my personal style really attracted me to a lot of great circles. So I've been able to navigate um, this um, entrepreneur climate accordingly. Um, currently, I'm at a restaurant right now. Sorry for interruptions. But I'm at a restaurant okay. right now that I'm working on. It's called, it's an African restaurant called Iyanze. And I want to do a lot more of that. I've worked a lot in residential and I've did a lot of small commercial. And right now I w- I'm branching out into assisting and kind of 
um, adding more small business, more minority small businesses to my brand. So um, okay. it has been really, I, I, Chicago has shown me love. I can't even lie. And um, I've definitely met a lot of designers who, you know, working on their own, it's kind of hard, especially like you said, in, during the de- pandemic, uh, when you're in the pandemic, uh, there wasn't a ton of business going on, but a lot of people were getting into design. So it was a great time to like expand up on your blog, do e-design. And for me, it was just like me getting back in touch with old people. So one of my older clients hit me up and um, I was able just to continue work, you know, as people were hitting me up and, you know, starting their projects since they were at home again and they were spending more time at home. They were hitting me up like, girl, what you think about this? What you think about that? Even some of my friends were like, oh, I got a condo. You know, what do you think? I just moved into my new apartment. What do you think? So those are always good, fun projects to do e-design and also to help people out with their businesses. So I really can't complain um, about the space. Um, I think that uh, I kind of struggle for a while because I feel like... um, Uh, the industry became uh, kind of saturated, you know, mm. with people who did not do design. So these people were meeting up with clients and they'd be like promising all this stuff and then <laughs> they couldn't deliver. So a lot of my older clients were hitting me back and they were like, I started off with this one designer and she don't do drawings. She don't know how to do this. She don't know how to do that. So I think that that's where my education always backs me up because I can do my own um, interior drawings. I do know an architect if I need stamps. Um, Also, you know, staging, I have a staging certification. So I was able to diversify my business and what my offer was. So um, and also you have the skills and you know who to go to. Yes, exactly. That was part of your training. I know who to go to. And also... um, you know, diversifying your offer, you know, doing more than one thing. And I think that uh, for a long time, I played the pencil, as we call the pencil pusher. Um, I do a lot of technical drawings. I do a lot of permit drawings, which may not include a lot of creativity, you know, but at the same time, you become a ghostwriter for those more creative designers and you're able to, um, you're able to correct their projects pretty much. That's really interesting. (laughs) I never knew that um, this particular industry had ghostwriters or would have um, that as an opportunity for people who do have the skills. Yes, during the pandemic, especially because um, a lot of people want to wake up tomorrow and be like, I'm a designer. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and right. they don't have no uh, understanding. They may have understanding of decor. They may have like, you know, a understanding of what matches but um, they have, you know, maybe when it comes to proportion, when it comes to continuity, when it comes to working with a client and, and really taking on, you know, their lifestyle or their particular brand or their business and how it should function. Um, they're just thinking about taking making something pretty. So when you hire a designer, um, I can finish drawings for you. I can do space planning for you. I can do 3D models so that you can put them on your presentation and while your clients um, in 3D walkthroughs. Uh, and some, a lot of people just need that support, you know, and they, yeah. they know what colors they want to put, they know whatever, but they may not know where signage needs to be. They may not know, pay attention to circulation. So it's great to be a consultant as well. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like that it can get very technical. Everyone can't just say I'm a designer, um, because there's a lot of technical skills involved in earning that title, in my opinion, or at least that's what, from what you're saying. Yes. And people, and we designers, we hate that. We hate when somebody, I don't, if you ever go to a YouTuber, like your favorite design YouTuber, mm-hmm. look in their comments. <laughs> That'll tell you everything about how people <laughs> feel. I remember this one person's on YouTube. She's a designer. She's a designer, she designer. And people were going in on her, like, stop saying that. Stop saying you're a designer. You don't have four years of school. You haven't took the NCDIQ. We actually have a certified test. Um, okay. Yes. There's a certified test to say you're an interior designer, especially in the state of Illinois. Um, I haven't took that test. So you'll see me say, I'm, I do interior design. I'm a designer. <laughs> but um, I've, I have been to school, though. So a lot of people are like, man, you've been in this industry for like 10 years. What are you talking about? Like, you're a interior designer. But when you uh, 
when you come across people who think that just pillows is in, is design, like that's very annoying for an interior designer because we spent so many years doing hand drawings. As I said, you know, learning that tech, technical acumen, paying a ton of money for art school and um, learning building codes, learning building codes, learning circulation oh. codes of what's comfortable and what's compatible with a living space and the psychology of that space. So um, I don't know. We, we hate that because it kind of negates all the work we did, you know, to achieve our technical acumen. Absolutely. Okay. Um Thank you for giving us that background. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what motivated you to turn your passions in, uh, for interior design and decor into a business? Yeah, it motiv well, actually, I always thought I, I don't know, my mindset was to work for somebody, but I, I found out that firms were, I'm not, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> when you're first starting out, it's just like other jobs. It's like, you got to intern. You got to enter yep. and it's for and free. pay your dues. Yeah. It's for free, you know, and for socioeconomically for a little young black girl, it's like, that's not feasible. I can't take a job. That's not. Thank feasible. you for saying that because that is who internships are for. It's not for us. It is not for us because we get out here. We know what we want to do. And we know that in, in order to get started, we do have to pay our dues, but we honestly cannot afford, we don't have the luxury of taking on or giving free labor. And then why should black people have to give free labor anyway? I mean, did our ancestors not pay for that enough? Yeah. If well, you're asking me. No, because a lot of times if, if you're not getting paid, then you're getting like a small hourly, you know? So that could be mm -hmm. like $10 for a student. At, mm -hmm. at the time where I was going to school, $10, $12 for a student. And you got rent to pay. Exactly. So that can be very, um, I don't know, it feels degrading. You know, it feels it like, can. oh, this, this is what I have to do, you know. But I think that some people have the privilege to do that because their parents are paying for their condo or their yes. apartment or bought a condo because they know that we're moving to Chicago and that's a great investment, you know. And mm -hmm. as I said, you know, um, that, that was kind of discouraging, you know. And I also felt that disconnect, you know, between teachers who did not understand, you know, they're like, why, why is your project late? You know, because I, I have to work 40 hours, you know, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I have to get my work done. And, um, and, and, and even, um, and it's hard to say that it's hard to even mention that to say, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm overwhelmed, you know, like I have a ton to do just to be here with you guys, just to go to this school. So that can be um, somewhat discouraging. But for me, I always knew I had a vision. I always had, yes. I always had a vision. And um, so I just, I just went for mine. I always had a vision. And um, when I was working at the, the historical Marshall Fields design studio, um, it was super dope because I would meet these people who loved me. You know, they'd see a senior designer and they'd be like, hey, little girl, come here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, you, uh -huh. little fashionable girl. And I would pick up clients that way. And, um, you know, they would meet me on the sales floor, just being a shop girl. So, I mean, if there's a will, there's a way, you know, and if you have a passion for something, people will see it in you and they'll call upon you. Actually, the owner of the restaurant just left. He's like, Patty, just turn down everything, you know? And I, I met him when I was in college, to be quite honest. And his project, you know, think about it. I graduated from college years later. He's like, oh yeah, like, let me hit up Patty. You know, I know that she can handle my restaurant. So I had a really, it's a really dope community out here of creatives, you know, that and just people who believe in you. I mean, my clients have been everybody. I've had older clients, you know, like old white ladies, who, you know, who from Northbrook down to um, post office workers from the South side, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So um, in general, it's like, uh, it's, it has really just been a labor of love, you know, because I was passionate about it. People saw my passion and they tapped me on the shoulder. And that mm -hmm. gave me the confidence to go out on my own and continue to freelance. So as I continued to freelance and meet people, um, and also, like I said, just be a good collaborator, you know, want to work with other people. And it's like, girl, you don't do that portion. I'll do that portion for you, you know, because you are a great decorator, you know, and, and that, you know, that has definitely helped me out a lot and also given me the opportunity to express myself creatively. So um, I just found different avenues, but I can't lie. It's, it's definitely that type of thing where uh, just like a lot of industries, you know, if you see people with resources, they go further. 
you know, and you have to do the really hard elbow and put the elbow grease in, you know what I'm saying? Because Uh you can't take those unpaid internships. So you got to, because I couldn't take an unpaid internship, I worked where I was. I made it work for me where I was, you know, and I produced great projects, um, you know, great portfolios. And, you know, I was able to take some of those projects to school and be like, hey, I just worked on this at work. How about that? <laughs> yeah. And so that encouraged me when since I was getting clients, long story short, since I was getting clients in college, <laughs> I felt extremely confident about branching out on my own because people was just signing up for PB3 home before it was PB3 home just because of who I was. So that was a blessing. Where do you, where do you plan on, where do you plan on taking PB3 home? Like what's your ultimate goal for your business? Ooh, am I supposed to say it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have a vision, you, ha- you have a vision, right? Yes, I have a huge vision. Like uh, PB3 Home will be a full service for the home, you know, and uh, and and not even just for the home. Um, I also want to start, like I say, expanding upon Black businesses. Like that's that's really something I'm really because I think that I'm really interested. I've always been really interested in the Black home, and with the Black home, um, there's certain things that are. Uh, familiar to all black homes uh you know random african prints you know all of our parents have them uh the footprints that that poem is on the back of our all of our parents doors you know and also our etergés with all of our glasses girl you better say it yes (laughs) so i started to put together like these elements of the black home and Mm -hmm. that's a big part of my voice as a designer and um, I think it's a way to unite culturally and also start to inspire our homes, you know, because it doesn't matter where we live, we deserve to live well. So that's really what my vision is for PB3 Home and um, providing those style tips and design tips um, so that we can, so I can further inspire, you know, our community uh, to create those sacred spaces. And as I say on my blog, a home that speaks to their soul. Um, I, I plan on, my, I, really on my vision board and not even on my vision board, my mental vision board. Like I see myself walking through target and seeing my product and seeing, you know, my stuff. And, um, I also, you know, want to really put my stamp on, you know, whatever businesses want to work with me and really provide kind of that Afro fusion. And Mm. you'll see a lot of that in my space. Um, in my spaces that I'm creating right now, um, if you go over on 51st Street, uh, 51st and Prairie, you'll see my restaurant Iyanze, and that is the first small restaurant. We're currently at their headquarters, and uh, you'll see it there. You'll see um, the vision of just like Afro fusion. We wanted to start having this conversation amongst the diaspora, so you'll see pictures there from Cabrini Green, but you'll also see pictures there from elite lawyers from Nigeria. Um, just to start to have that conversation amongst us so we can collaborate and we can talk together. And I do definitely see a lot of uh, amazing Black designers, you know, that are piloting uh, vision. But I don't know that all of them have a design background. A lot of them that I meet don't have a design background or there's some celebrity, you know, who has access, you know, so they can expand. But I think the, the difference that I bring to the game is that I, my background, my foundation is design. You know, and I've sat back and I'm, I'm from Michigan. I'm from a little small college town. I came here to Chicago and um, the, the, the inspiration that I've cultivated since then, um, I plan on, that's my vision to infuse that and continue to represent for the diaspora, but within that interior space. Got it. Well, you talked, you talked about the black home and the elements that in many ways, make up that experience. Do you ever see those elements being appropriated from designers who aren't black? Yes. I think it, it, it gave, zeitgeist is a huge thing and I still struggle with that. Like it's like zeitgeist is a theory that and we all learn it in our art school. It's not completely, but a big portion of zeitgeist is what you're thinking someone else is thinking it on the other side. So um, when we, when I first saw a lot of people coming into uh, tribal, I'm like, what does that mean? 
Why can't you just say kente cloth? Why can't you just say mud cloth? <laughs> like, why why are you doing that? Why don't you just say? Or when you when you're when you look at some homes, they'll do glam and they'll hang pictures of Audrey. Why not Diane Carroll? Say that. Why not Carmen? Why not Joseph? Why not Dorothy Dandridge? Right. When I walk into <laughs> white people's home, we'll we'll be quick to hang a picture of Marilyn Monroe. When I walk into a white person's home, why is there no picture of Whitney Houston? You know, because and that's and that's what I'm talking. It's it's like a little bit of you know bias, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that when they are when they are using things, they're using our patterns. They're and they're not saying, "Hey, this is an African pattern that I'm infusing into this wall." So I do like it when I see certain YouTubers and stuff, and they are saying, "Hey, this is a mud cloth pattern put on this wall. This is inspired by Nigeria." And I think that in creativity as a whole, to be quite honest, guys, I think that people just don't say. I'm so inspired by this black dance, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm so inspired by, you know, th this soul food that black people create. You know, I think we're quick to say we love Asian things. We love Indian things. You know, we love, uh, you know, French influence or uh, Zen, you know, uh, feng shui is a huge thing. My background is actually, that's the one thing I did not talk about um, it, the, my full background. But my first job that I ever had was for a place called Eastern Deco, and we sold Chinese antiques. And one thing that I really always adored was just like my boss's passion for her culture and um, the showroom that she created around that and how she would infuse that into con contemporary design. And I was like, wow, you know, like this is very beautiful. And I love that we would go certain places and people would be like, I love Chinese decor. I love Chinese decor. But I just wasn't seeing people like when they picked up a juju hat, when they picked up a, a particular woven vase, like I didn't see them giving credit to black people and saying, hey, I love African decor. So yeah, it does make me mad at times. I don't know why people shy away from just saying this is beautiful or acknowledging the culture that we've created here in America. I don't think they've known about it or even really paid attention, as I said, um, to the continuity and the things that we've put inside the home. So sometimes it is very frustrating, but ultimately I think that it's very beautiful that you know we all can come together and start to create those, create that. You know, I can, you can start mentioning that. Um, you can start me. I can start being the one who can. Uh, infuse that into my design and make sure I state that. I think a lot of people are scared to say, "I'm a black designer," you know, or or I'm 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 I care about the black home, and I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not afraid to brand myself that way. And I know that there's other people who want to see that cultivated decor, you know, that lived decor, things that you've collected along your way, the trips that, that you've taken, you know, the travels that you've had, the tchotchkes that you bought in Egypt. Yeah, say, give that credit. Say that you love those African things that have made your home a home. Uh, that, that would be beautiful. That would, it would be beautiful to hear more of that. Do you like horror movies, like Halloween and the Blair Witch? Well, if you're like me and you do, you should join me and listen to the Haddonfield Horrors podcast, where they discuss and review horror movies and horror movie franchises. If you're not listening to the Haddonfield Horrors podcast, you're definitely missing out. Do you like supporting local business? How about Black-owned local business? Or even better, a Black female-owned local business? Well, if you do, we have the perfect business for you. Black Forward Clothing Inc., a new clothing brand owned and designed by Mercedes Scott. They have an array of affordable clothes such as t-shirts, jackets, hoodies, joggers, and even a face mask, so you can fight COVID in style. They say true to their slogan, it's more than a name, it's a power movement. By pushing their brand to bring awareness to mental health and anti-hate. So support the movement by supporting the brand. You can find a link for the store in the description below. I have a question. Um, sure. What's your process? What's your design process? So a client comes to you, they tell you what they need, they tell you the space they want you 
to design? How do you start? Like, what's your process? Well, when a client comes to me, my biggest thing is um, understand, understanding who they are. You know, so what is it? What is the space? Um, it's 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 a is it a business? Is it a home? And what are we trying to achieve? And then we, I start to explore who they are, and exploring through they are with uh, images they already have, decor that they already have, uh, and what they want to keep, what they don't want to keep, and what the, what what the vision of where they want to take it. And then I'll let them know within my infrastructure, within my toolbox, within my methodologies, uh, things that can expand upon their ideas. I love working with people because I think people are more creative than they think they are. Um, some, of, some of my best clients have been some of the best designers and they didn't even know it. It was just about someone giving them tools you know, to be able to express their design. Schematic design, through schematic design, that's just throwing your ideas out there, um, looking at, uh, what, what the main theme is, you know, it may be a picture, it may be a fabric, you know, it may be a color that has inspired someone. And then from there, that can catapult um, us hardlining a space plan, that can catapult us hardlining something that speaks to their original vision. So we'll, we'll nail down that space plan, we'll nail down those materials that are dire, and then we'll start to cultivate what is complementary to those things. And then from there, the vision is further developed. Um, I'll take that vision into a 3D model, um, if not just virtual, you know, any type of uh, hard line drawings, whatever. It really depends on the scope of the project and what the project calls for. And then um, I'll present them with a... Uh, an initial presentation, you know, just like this is what our mood board looks like. This is this is our preliminary 3D model. This is our preliminary space plan. These are our preliminary materials and artwork. And then we will go from there with doing hard line technical drawings and creating our shopping list and uh, moving forward with a uh, just nailing down those staples that we are going to for sure put in the project. Um, sometimes a lot of things, I think with e-design is different because I think that you're just giving, you're, you, you, it's, it's the same process, but you're more so like, hey, these are the things that we're selecting, you know, you go buy them. <laughs> and I think with, with um, working with a client one-on-one, it's different because that vision evolves and, that, and, and the things that we originally outlined in the mood board, they could change. Um, we may find something else. We may find something that's better, or you know, something that's making more of a statement. Um, so it's more of a it's more of a fun collaboration, and so, uh, like more of a back and forth on what our hardline decisions are for their vision. Um, but ultimately, it's about uh, that schematic design and um, really pulling out what their inspiration is and uh, presenting it back to them visually. Um, so they have a guide and they have that inspiration right in front of them and we can start to implement it within their space. Okay. Well, how do you stay grounded and connected to your vision? Wow. I, you know, it's hard. It's hard because, um, you know, working full-time jobs to supplement your income, you know, while you try to build your business as a designer, it is really hard to stay grounded. Um, it's about time management though. Time management is like, hey, I'm allotting time to love on what I love to do. And I don't even call it work. Like when I'm here, I'll be here, I'll be doing some, I actually do my own wall pochets. I do a lot of hand applications, uh, whether it be uh, wallpaper, stencils, and, and wall pochets. And uh, I'm giving y'all my gems. <laughs> I'm giving y'all my, my super gems. But... <laughs> You don't, you, you, it's time management. You, you're take, I even call it sometimes self-care. I'm taking time out to do something I love. So that's how I stay grounded. You're being um, intentional. It's in, I'm being it's intentional. intentional. And if I don't have a project, that's the time to be working on, you know, what my platform looks like.
And that that has been a struggle. Um, you've seen me, Nick, <laughs> go back and forth with, you know, my blog, the layout, blogging some months, blogging, uh, not blogging other months. We was going hard on our blogs, I remember, back in, a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna say, like... <laughs> you do bring that out of people because you actually inspired me and helped me, you know, set up my blog back in the day. So... Right, I gave you your Definitely. template. You Remember, gave me my like, template and everything, <laughs> and you were pushing me. You were pushing me, and I and I, wanted, I definitely needed that at the time. I did. I wanted you to design your site. I'm like, you can do it. Like that's that's what's up. So yeah, it's about that. It's about time management. That's how I stay grounded. Um, people, I I don't know about you guys, but I think that there is toxic positivity where you're listening oh, yeah. to inspiration all damn day. It's all damn day, you know, because you're going to feel bad about something. When you get off, it's bad. Because when you get off that job that you don't want to work, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, it's hard to pick up, you know, a paintbrush. It's hard to log into AutoCAD, you know, some it's hard. I'm, I might be socially exhausted mm -hmm. after that. And ultimately it's about uh something that my therapist taught me was putting that pain into the creativity putting it you know every every brush stroke every every everything everything that you type um every every area or every uh picture that you're editing for your blog you know putting the emotion into that you know mm -hmm. and, and really manifesting uh what your your outcome manifesting your outcome uh, faith without works is dead and creating yes. that balance in your life so really i i ground myself by having time management and that is creating a nice balance between you know you know what i'm doing full time and what i would want to do full time uh, which is my freelance nice so who inspires you oh my gosh my, I'm so inspired by everybody. I am inspired by everything. Um, like my when, growing up, I, w I was, and still now, uh, p poetry is my main thing. You know, like I would say, I'm a poet. <laughs> I can I can write a poem at any time, uh, and I and express myself in that way. Um, so early on, I can't even lie. Um, as a person, what what inspired me was Nikki Giovanni, Jill Scott, Badu, um, Aretha Franklin. Those are things that inspired me early on because these were empresses. These were regal, divine. And also my grandmother. I love the way my grandmother kept her home, you know, and just like um, how she carried herself. And I paid attention to the psychology and how she experienced the space. So that really inspired me. But as I got in school, as I got in, um, in school more, um, I, I took a contract design class when I was in uh, 12th grade. And that that really told me more about, um, because I, at first I thought I was like into fashion. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm stylish. I got my own style, I'm into fashion. So at first I, at first I was really inspired by um, Oswald Boltang. Um, he's a, a fashion designer, an amazing men's designer. Um, I was in, I was inspired by Mugler, Madonna, you know, like I would, I was so inspired by uh, construction uh, of all types of forms. And uh, also like sky, skyscrapers in Detroit, I would visit Chicago and I would just be so moved by, you know, everything that was going on here, the industrialism, the brutalism. And uh, because I was um, studying all these things in 12th grade, like I, you know, I began to like identify them in my space. So uh, just all forms of creativity. I mean, artists across the board, uh, I would look at so many different painters, uh, be it Frida or Picasso or, you know, just about anybody. Um, there were so many different um, African women who lived on my block growing up. And so I would be inspired walking to their homes and seeing juju hats or things hanging on their walls or Indian women. And, and they would have all these fabrics in their homes or just saris that they were wearing. And I started to realize that I was like, wow, I'm not just fashion. 
especially when I came to school, when I came to AI, I was just like, wow, I'm not just fashion, like, like, I'm, I'm all encompassing, you know, and that's what I loved about the home because um, growing up with my great grandmother, we would sew curtains, we would sew curtains, we would sew our own duvets, you know, mm. when my great grandma comes in my house, like, that's the first thing she does is check to see if I still know how to make my bed. She's like, is this pleated, right? Did you iron your sheets? <laughs> so... <laughs> really what inspired me living you know just living and seeing beautiful women live well and I was like wow design encompasses all of those things so that just really inspired me and then I I came across uh architects like Bernard Shumi and Louis Barragan and I was just like wow like I'm so moved by their cultural vibe um and I'm like I think I have a lot to say um Zaha Hadid uh, amazing Arab woman, and uh, she she infuses a lot of uh, her culture and just like the sense of sanctuary. Jewish designers, if you look at any Jewish temples, you know, and just the spirituality they put uh, in the harmonious balance, you know, that they provide in, in the spaces and their sanctuaries, I started to be like, man, these are the type of spaces that I would want to create. This is how I want to affect someone when they walk into my space and just feel moved or you know, just feel an intimate connection with everything that's around them, from the fabrics to the floor, to where they're sitting, um, to the light that's casting on them. Like, that's what really inspired me, just being a poet and observing absolutely everything. <laughs> that's really, that is really interesting. And I, was, I wanted to follow up with that because do you find that people typically don't, uh, how do I want to phrase this, that people don't necessarily appreciate or even are even aware of all that goes into um, someone's space and how it's intended to make a person feel who enters that space. Do you, no, do you think, think that's something that do. we take for granted? Yeah, I think even my clients, they're like, well, that goes with that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that goes with that, you know, but uh, we definitely wanna create some secondary moments. I love to create moments um, where, you know, it, every the corner each corner you turn you there's you don't expect for that too to be finished and beautiful um i really love a lot of traditional and, and this took me a while because i was so contemporary when i first came into the industry mm -hmm. <laughs> i was a little young and a shop girl um they actually when I, my at marshall fields i was sitting in the contemporary section so i also think that's what made me stand out because i was by the cartel i was selling the caligaris i was selling you know the uh the you know the sleekest american leathers um in the raw in their rawest form in their rawest aniline form um and also selling antiques you know and pairing those with some really sleek natuzi anythings so uh yeah i i i think that uh for for me it was it, it was having that experience seeing that european architecture seeing the framing and just the beauty of the framing and uh, how things were constructed and things that are built well, that are built sturdy, um, well-built homes. Um, I think that, that people kind of take that for granted. You know, like people are like, I'm gonna go to Ikea and grab everything. And it's like, you ain't gotta grab everything there. You know, you could get your basics and then you could go to the thrift store and find some um, really great accents or vases um, that will jazz up your space a little bit more and personalize it more. Um, there's a lot of people who enjoy staged homes and I, and I love a staged home, you know, um, so, something that's sleek and comfy. It, it feels like a showroom. I love that. But does that feel lived in? So that's the difference between staging and design, you know, something that feels lived in and, and you see pictures of humans and the humans that live there and the fabrics that are cultural to them, the images that are cultural to them or the things that they've collected along their travels versus having a cookie cutter, beautiful matched space like people will be matchy matchy they'll be like okay i got a white room and i'm gonna do a blue rug and i'm gonna do you know blue and texture artwork and da, 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 and i'm a great designer and it's like no that's not just being a designer designer is about um cultivating that personal relationship between people and their things got it okay so we're in a new year now um could you tell me what has been the highlight of your previous year and what are some of the goals and intentions you've set for the upcoming year? 
Wow. Y'all getting it all out of me. I'm talking about <laughs> it. I even expect it. And sorry for the filler words. I really didn't expect these questions. They're good questions. Um, so you said, wh- what are my intentions? And yeah, well, start start telling start off by telling us what was the highlight of last year for you. Oh, the highlight. Yeah. The highlight of last year was completing Ayanze Bronze, <laughs> Ayanze in Bronzeville. And Nick, it was so emotional for me. I, I could even cry just thinking about it because that was my first restaurant. You know, that was my first restaurant. I was after I. This is what happened. The last night I was there. I had these cheap little, these, remember Sprig? Sprig? I had Sprig bags. It was a Sprig. Oh remember God. that delivery service Sprig that we used to order from? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Sprig, we, we would sneak and grab Sprig, like, <laughs> and they had those really great polenta mashed potatoes. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> or polenta versus, anyway. We, I would grab, so I had some of those Sprig bags, shopping bags left over. So I put them, put these paint cans in a bag. And I was taking them off the counter and they fell and they spread all over the restaurant floor, the concrete floor. Oh. So I had to stay there till 3 a.m. cleaning that floor, wiping it up and everything. And I was like, this is just an omen. This is just, you know me, I'm so superstitious and religious. <laughs> I'm like, this is an omen. This is not right. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, I hadn't came, I hadn't came back to that restaurant. I didn't go back. Like my the owner was walking in, like this is beautiful. It looks good, and he knows that I'm so um, such a perfectionist. I think he even knows I don't even like I'm the way I take compliments. Like I'm so weird. I'm like, do you really mean it? <laughs> he's like, this looks so good, Patty. You know, like <laughs> he's like, you're so freaking awkward. I was like, I know. I'm so hard on myself. I'm like, I'm happy you like it, and I just did not talk about it anymore. <laughs> I don't even think I told y'all. Did I tell y'all? I don't even think I told y'all. Uh-uh. I finished that restaurant and it was a labor of love. Every, there's not one piece of that restaurant that wasn't touched by my hands. So that's really a PB3 home relic. Because, you know, when, when I'm when I'm big and Martha Stewart-ish, I won't be touching. I don't know how many things I'll be able to <laughs> render with my bare hands, you know. Right. Um, and, and using my personal artistry. So... Uh, what happened was uh, I went back in the restaurant because I needed to grab something out of the restaurant for the, for the new, for the bigger headquarters for their flagship restaurant that I was working on. So I walked into that restaurant and I think it was October and I almost cried, almost got the Holy Ghost and fell out. It mm. looked so good, Nick. I even thinking about it now, like I love that restaurant. It brings me to tears. It's so cute. It's so beautiful. Even when I was telling you about it when we were out at Messler, I was just like, it's hard to talk about because it's it's so me. It's so branded, you know, and it's so beautiful. And and to 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 adorn such a small space, you know, such a small space and really give it the personality. People were walking in and not even ordering food. That's another thing, you know? I'm like, God is good. People were walking in and they were, they were just in like, awe. And they were in they awe. Were like, with- what is this? What you know? What do you do here? Like, what do people do here? I'm like, this is a Nigerian restaurant. That's that's what the the attendant was telling them. You know, the girl were at the counter, and she's like, this Nigerian restaurant. This is, you know, Iyanze. You know, we have A, B, and C. You can pick what you want. You know, and they were just like, I'm not even hungry. I just want to sit in here. Okay, you know? so that was the highlight. So we 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 realized that we realized it you know, the, the ambiance and the intimacy that we were creating. So in this new space, um, we're going to be infusing just kind of like more of that cafe vibe, you know, so people can have an, an open interior that's multi-purpose. You know, they can Starbucks here. They can have dinner here. Um, at the same time, you know, they can, you know, take some dinner home and just go um, or stop and have a drink. So that was the highlight, really, finishing that restaurant. But mm-hmm. actually in October, like, walking in and seeing what I created, it, it changed me. It really changed me. And I think, I think I needed that. I think, I think for me and, um, you know, just having like that physical representative representation of my business, I needed that. Ministry podcast is now our very own merch store. We have keys, hoodies and cups and so much more. 
check out our merch store. Link will be in the description below. Thank you, guys. I want to talk about... So tell, oh, no, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Because well, I want to no. talk about Soul Fisher Radio. Oh, my Ooh. God. And, and your plans. <laughs> and your plans you have for it. So tell us a little about... Man, when I first started So Official, I started So Official back in 2009. And it was really me trying to get a whole bunch of creatives together with me to do an online magazine, guys. And that never worked out. <laughs> it never worked out. Like, people were trying to do, make it this, make it that, make it, you know, the holistic temple. People were trying to make it, you know, you know this and that. And I was just like, no, I want it to be about creatives. And as I took it on more and really branded it more um, as my design blog, um, I still have a need to have these amazing conversations. The ones that like we're having now, you know, talking to, I know so many creatives throughout the community. That's also a really great thing that supports me in design. Going to art school, knowing so many painters, knowing so many people who do great art and um, are great carpenters and things of that nature and just do have their own personal uh, creative expression. Like I have that accessibility, you know, to the creative uh, community within Chicago. So um, my mindset behind So Official, because I was already doing interviews um, during that time. One of my best friends, um, may she rest in honor. Uh, one of my great friend. She had a huge marketing company called Wine from the Moon. Some people may know it. And so I would do interviews for her. I would do interviews with her artists, the music artists, um, anybody who was doing live paint at the event, uh, any of the photographers, the models, everybody. And they all just had really great stories. So my mindset behind So Official is ciphers, like creative ciphers with dope people and also getting into the shenanigans. <laughs> we gotta get into the shenanigans because as Nick knows, I love to talk about current events. I love to talk about what's happening in our climate because I think that for me, I'm old school. I think that's what influences art. Art isn't just for the purpose of having some pretty uh, feed on your Instagram. Art is about a movement. It's about a message. So uh, that's what I want the podcast to be about ciphers and shenanigans. All right. Soulful cyphers. And you, it, it's it's something that, um, you know what, when, when Mark said years ago, we were sitting in the office and Marcus was like, yeah, I want to help people. I want to consult and help people. And my mindset was like, put a pin in that. So I immediately put a pin in that. And I'm just like, when I'm ready to do so official, I'm going to have Marcus help me because I know he's going to, you know, he's passionate. It sounded like he was, I could tell he was passionate about podcasting. And I had never heard him talk about something so passionately. And I was just like, I'm going to ask Marcus to help me one day. <laughs> I always wanted to find that thing, that creative outlet. And I kind of just like stumbled on this. And I was like, okay, this is, this is my thing. And I've been rolling with it for like three years now. Yes. And I dragged Nick with me. And I Dragged. love you guys' podcast. I, <laughs> I love the issues that you guys cover because, like I say, the my approach to design is all encompassing. It's not just pretty colors and what artwork matches it. It's about a psychological experience. It is. It's about how people have an experience in my space. Um, so, yeah, I think that having conversations, you know, with other creatives about just what inspires them, you know, and, and or what irked them <laughs> and made them you know, do something creative or push them to do something um, that that moved people. Uh, just that, just that message behind it. I do want to ask you too. What advice would you give to your younger self or to those just getting into the industry? The design industry? Yeah. I don't know. I'm such a snob about design. I'm not even going to lie. I don't think design is something everybody can do. I don't. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. I think that I know that it's really fly right now. But um, but it is something that who am I to say? It is something everybody can do. I think design is something everybody can do. But I don't see people who I don't know. Sometimes I don't see people who are about their clients, you know, like you got you got to be about your client, not just about your vision or what you want in your portfolio or how you want to pop off, like really design is 
to be of service to someone else. There so I really, is. that's why I'm in design because I, there's a poem by uh, Toni Morrison and you can see it on my blog. Um, and this is really my, I'm gonna pull it up because really y'all, this is my reason for being in design, you know? And I hadn't even, I, I love Toni Morrison. Like, this Toni is your Morrison. why? <laughs> This is this was really my why for uh, being in design. Toni Morrison has this poem. Let me find it. But again, so as I said, for me, design is about being in service, not just about doing cool spaces, not just about pushing the edge, but it's about being in service to someone and caring about how they would like to live. And uh, I think that I've, I've been big on siblingship, you know? Um, I think me and you, Nick, you know, I, I, love, I love to watch your relationship with like your siblings and I love having a relationship with you because I think we nurture each other, we care about each other. Absolutely. And so this poem says, she is a friend. She is a friend of my mind, the pieces I am. She gather them and give them back to me in all the right order. And I want to do that for people. Oh, I, I really want to do that for people. That was really my reason for design. And I, when I meet people who that's not really their reason for design, you can have your reason for design. Who am I to say that's not your reason for design, you know? But I would say if you're, if you're my advice for anybody in design, you know, be in service. Are you someone who wants to be in service and really help someone discover their best, their best self, their highest self? A lot of times when I'm working with people, it's not even just about the interior. You know, we could be working on the interior, but we're we going to talk about how work was. <laughs> and that's going to influence how you yes. feel when you come home and how exactly. you relax. We may talk about your relationship or the relationship you don't have and how you need to feel in your bedroom, you know, so you can cultivate that. Um, we could talk about uh, just your small bathroom and how that thing just ain't big enough. We talk, we get into it all, and we and we talk about our families. We talk about our aspirations, and I want them to be able to come home to that mood board, come home to the mood board that we create together. As I took you guys through that my design process, I want them to come home to their mood board, and or even walk into their business um, and and see that mood board, that vision board right in front of them their vision board of inspiration right in front of them so i i would say anybody my tip to anybody going into design um do you love people do you love people and also um are you do you love craftsmanship you know we got to respect the crafters I, I love carpenters i love painters i love i respect people who are tactile and can work with their hands so my, my advice to them is get into that, get into the construction of things, get into the psychology of things. And you're going to find such a big, big awareness that's going to propel your creativity year after year after year. Hello. Messy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I really love that you said, um, ask people like are you are you people oriented do you love people do you want to be of service to people because i think that having that mindset and having that set of skills is what allows you to be successful in whatever it is that you do are you doing it from a place of love are you doing it from a place of truly trying to help someone and make their life better yeah, yeah. through your gifts Absolutely. Yes. yes. Okay. And it doesn't um, have to be that. Like I say, who am I? You know, I don't. I, I I'm not the you know the design police, but every designer is a little bit of police. That's just our, the personality of a real designer is like <laughs> Anna Wintour, Diane Vreeland. <laughs> you know, like, but they are Patty LaBelle. <laughs> they are they are visionary leaders, and they yes. are the best at what they do. Yeah. So, uh, you know, or I, I remember, uh, wow, when I lived in the South Loop, I right above, right where the loft that I lived in the South Loop on 11th and State, like right out my window was Ebony Magazine. And I could mm. see the light every single day. And it wasn't one day I didn't think about the Johnsons. 
I always thought about them, you know, and just like the vision they created and, you know, just a astute vibe of Ebony magazine. Um, I would grow up looking at Essence all the time. Um, that's the personality of a designer, you know, a woman about town. Uh, not And, you know, it is a feminine energy. Even the masculine, even the men that are in design, there's something effeminate about them, you know, that's that's refined and just... Uh, fresh and 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 curious curious but stately you know edit it um and 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 able to place things well uh so yeah i i, I think that uh that's that has been the vibe that's the vibe anybody i meet they're, they're, that's just kind of like our personality we're like you know are, fashion are you in are you out <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Heidi Klum. <laughs> so I, I don't want to be the design police, but you know that's that's what it is. Is it good design or isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I, what I've been seeing is really dope. I I as a designer, you know, I feel like I've been in school for so long and working in the industry for so long. So we shy away from terms like DIY because to us that's like that means arts and crafts. You know, <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong with arts and crafts. You know, we do it all day. The shade, like, girl. The shade. The shade. <laughs> But we, but we want to, um, you know, just put more, there's more behind my brushstroke. Because how many times have I, you know, painted a wall or put my own stencils on? You know, there's more behind that than just do it yourself, you know. So, um, but I, I encourage all that. I love how people are embracing their space, especially during the pandemic. I was like, why am I not already out here? <laughs> so I would say... Um, if, if you can, if you can, because I don't, I don't believe if uh, Alex L says this, she doesn't believe that there's a such thing as being fearless. Um, there's, there's just a, there's just a way of having a great relationship with your fear. Because you can be scared and say, I'm still going to get on this plane. You know, you can be scared. I hate, I ride my bike. You know me, I, my license expired and I just continue to ride my bike and everybody hates it because they got to drive me around. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such an environmentalist. I know it's like a designer. What I, it's so funny. Anyway, my husband make me get a license, but anyway, I I'm rolling around a city or whatever, and um, I don't know. As I said, design is cultivated. Um, so it's it's something very very distinct and beautiful. It's his own art form. And uh, I would say, if you can't, if you can, like I say, your relationship with fear, that's what we were talking about, fear. Yes. If you can be fearless. It, you don't just know that you don't have to be. My advice to anybody is if you have a passion for it, go for it. Go for it. Just just go for it. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you to be fearless because sometimes I was taping a 12 foot wall yesterday. I'm scared of heights, you know, but as I was taping that wall, I was like, I'm going to be all right. I'm going to get it. <laughs> I'm not finna, you know, and if and if I fall, that it is what it is, you know. Like I did not let my fear get the best of me, you know. Or maybe I received the most intricate stencil ever, <laughs> and it it was so hard to work with. It has been so hard to work with, but instead of just getting flustered in the process, I've just been patient with myself. Um, so I would tell someone, um, you know, it's okay to be afraid, but believe in yourself. Uh, it's okay to be frustrated with the process, but put yourself at ease and keep going. That's what I would say. Okay, and I have one final question for you. Oh, okay. All right. Finish this sentence for me. PB3 is... Uh, wow. PB3 is... Uh, designing, praying, and shining, <laughs> as my Facebook <laughs> bio says. That's what I'm doing. Designing, praying, and shining. Um, always in a state of prayer. Um, creativity to me. I'm just a spiritual person. So that's where design starts for me. Creativity starts um, in creating sanctuaries for people and spaces that speak to their soul. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us, Patricia. Thank you for being on this episode and sharing your expertise and your insights. Thank you.
Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I didn't realize it was going to be all about me, but this has been great. <laughs> I, I, and I even discovered some things about myself in the process of talking to you guys. So thank you for having me. <laughs> well, that's what we aim to do. Tell us where we can find you on the you internet. You can find me everywhere at Soulfishall. Soulfishall, S O U L. F-I-C-I-A-L. So official.net is the website. And it, it go on my Twitter. I'm really active on Twitter. Me and Nick both. Just <laughs> I'm more active on Twitter than anybody. <laughs> Any other platform. Description box, by yes. the way. Yes. Yes. Just go. If you go to my website, you can click on all of my socials and find me there. Um, look out for me. Mark's going to be helping me with my uh, podcast. So I hope to have you guys on my podcast so we Can't can... Wait talk ish and you know sit things and you know be problematic and at the same time you know talk about our inspirations and bond um you know talk about life wow thank you for all thank you for everything actually this has been a great episode and thank you nick as always for joining me and thank you all for listening but tune in next week as nick and i ask answer a question or at least try to answer your question has love truly won Thank you all for listening. (laughs) Should we do an intro?